0: Welcome, welcome to the Crisis of Faith podcast with Joe and Drew. I'm Drew. I'm so glad that you're joining us today for this special episode. Um, I would love it if you would take a moment, maybe even while you're listening, your phone can do these two things, to hop over to Instagram and follow at Crisis of Faith and also maybe to leave us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast right now. That's super helpful to us, plus it just gives us bubbly feelings inside. And uh, that's what this whole thing's about, right? Bubbly feelings inside. We have spent most of the early days of this podcast talking about what happens to people after they die, and how all of that is determined. What happens to the wicked, what happens to the righteous... And in today's episode, we actually begin talking about how we determine who is wicked and who is righteous. If the fates are different, well then how do we know which camp we're actually in? So, you'll be happy to hear that we're rolling back out the afterlife jingle.
1: Preacher, can you tell me about what happens when we die? How do you think that I'd know when I've been alive the whole damn time? No one here can see so clear that they know they know the way. And no one knows any secrets of what's just beyond the grave.
2: Yeah. You look like you're in a,
0: you're in a fancy place. Uh, I'm at our church's building. Yeah, that's what I thought. Drum kit chairs is spaced majorly (laughs) we can get to follow to follow the actual guidelines we can get I think 13 people in the room (laughs) if they keep proper distance
2: Uh, how many would it seat
0: normally Uh, about 110 wow (laughs) yeah it's not it's not a huge room uh, but, yeah, we can get about 110 chairs in here. Um, no, I, I literally have, I have 35 chairs out for our weekend thing. And then we have this big garage door over there that we just open up and put more chairs out there and some speakers mm-hmm. out there and stuff. Because um, we're doing, like, it's our third birthday for the... Oh, Thing. For the community, um, and so we're doing a thing, but I don't know who's going to come, and yeah, everyone will be bemasked, and distanced, and probably angry with each other, too. I don't know. If they're <laughs> friends on Facebook, I'm guessing they're also <laughs> going to be really angry when they see each other face-to-face again.
2: Because <laughs> it's that time, that time of the four-year cycle? I don't I
0: don't even know I, I don't even know if that has anything to do with it anymore. Yeah. I think it's just
2: just Facebook itself. Human Free nature. Ginger.
0: Yeah, I just don't know if like I don't know if people know what's happening when they do that. You know what I mean? Like people who <laughs> a lot of people who have never really had much of a crowd um <laughs> they've never really had a a microphone or much of an audience like many people listening to them I don't think and I don't mean that as an insult I just mean like I don't think they understand that nuance is completely lost that you Mm. that everyone you ever knew can hear what you're saying can read (laughs) what you're saying uh, and they don't know how you feel at the moment and they don't know what you think about things and they don't know what you meant yeah it's just a cocktail for bad things to happen i think so i'm a little yeah, nervous I saw a couple of them we had like a small thing here last night we tape for our so we still do sunday mornings online but we invited people to the the taping now and a few of them came out and like as they were walking through the door i was like Huh. I wonder if you guys
2: have talked since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. It's funny. Like I, I got rid of Facebook. I don't know how long ago, but uh, four years ago, I know that I had it because I remember putting something on Facebook about how I had voted for Donald Trump. Uh, And it was like, like there were people who were, who were congratulating me and happy about it and people that were angry at me and all this stuff. And then like, I I realized, Oh, nobody gets that. I'm joking. (laughs) Like, but anybody who knew me at the moment, of course was like, Oh, he's, he's just kidding. But like, yeah, the majority of the people on there don't know me, don't know my story, don't know whatever. Yeah.
0: And they're probably, if you haven't used it for a long time, then they're probably mostly from West Virginia like from yeah. a, a past life and West Virginia was like 85% Donald Trump voters last time so they just assume right. like yeah that's he's a Beckley boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh It's uh it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's like a billboard. Like why does why would why should everyone have access to a billboard? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Why should everyone get to say Uh, And I think I told you this, that, like, we had been considering, like, our church has basically stopped using it just because it's not, because nobody ever sees anything we put, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not uh, uh, controversial enough. So for a little while, I considered, like, putting, like, posting a picture of Hillary that says, you won't believe what Hillary said, Um, (laughs) and then underneath it, the caption to be something like, uh, she said, make sure you log in at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning for. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is the only way we can get anybody to see anything we ever post out there. Yeah. Why that anyone said, would care what Hillary it's says. on Instagram. <laughs> at <prices of> fame. <laughs> yeah. Instagram, where there's only joy and rainbows and sunshine. Everybody's <laughs> on the same team. No, actually, it's just Instagram, where your uncle is not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Like, I, I don't. I was never really. I was on Instagram for like a week, and then. Yeah. You know, I just started looking. Drew does all of the work on Crisis of Faith Instagram. I would so prefer
0: for people to think that uh, you do some of it, um, <laughs> just so I can have. <laughs> so i can maintain a little bit of anonymity <laughs> about some of the things. Yeah.
2: Well, i was just going to say if anything is stupid or <laughs> or like <laughs> racist or whatever, you can blame it on him. Yeah, that's fair. Um <laughs> but yeah, i is it is it nicer than facebook? Like people aren't No.
0: No. <laughs> no, it's a human condition thing. I mean, it, it it's yeah, not sure. that, it's not that. But the the difference is the the relationship of following and not, you know what I mean? Like if my uncle were on Instagram, I, I wouldn't follow him and he could follow me. Like they could still see what I say, but I don't have to see what they say. Oh, Whereas I see. Facebook yeah. is a more mutual connection thing. Um, where like if he says I want to be your friend, then you have to see that too. Um,
2: it also helps that if you say like, just like, ignorant shit you at least have to put a picture of a rainbow with it
0: that's true there has to be a picture of course crisis of faiths (laughs) crisis of faiths uh handle mostly just posts pictures of words uh so uh or memes or whatever
2: hold on i'm gonna pause for a second and shut my door
0: Joe can't hear me right now, but you can.
2: And now he's coming back. All right. <laughs> you guys been talking about me while I was gone? <laughs> oh. uh,
0: so, I uh, was trying to decide what I wanted to hear your thoughts on this morning. You told me this past week that your kids were listening to the podcast.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: And that was really confusing to me. Uh, well
2: it was cool. It's great. You know, you don't um I drive my kids to school in the mornings and so on Monday mornings when I'm driving them to school I turn on the podcast because it comes on. Right. Um and
0: And we need listeners. It,
2: it, exactly. It doesn't take that long to get to school. So, like, they hear the first 20 minutes of it, right. which is just us, like, joking around or whatever. And so, then my 11 year old sent me a message. Uh, we are in the same house, but he sent me a message <laughs> the other day and said, Dad, can I get a link to the podcast? Because he wanted to finish the episode. And that was just like, it made my heart melt. I was <laughs> really so right. excited. Yeah. And then later that same night, uh, I, was, I was putting the five-year-old to bed, and uh, <laughs> he said, Daddy, can we snuggle the whole damn night? <laughs> because he was singing <laughs> your song.
0: <laughs> oh Well, you're welcome for that. Oh. <laughs> That's my mom's greatest fear about that. She's like, if your kids hear you sing that, are they going to repeat that word? And I'm like, well, I got I got news for you, Mom. I didn't. I heard that word uh, in church.
2: <laughs> your King James Bible taught me the word damn. Uh, yeah. My, my kids, um, we don't talk about, like, there are bad words and good words. We talk about there are words that you can't say in front of granny and words that you can say in front of granny. <laughs>
0: Well, that's really what it is. That's a, that's a more honest explanation of what bad words and good words actually are anyways. It's like they're yeah. not inherently bad and good. We're going to do an episode uh, on curse words and Christian culture. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. Uh, I even ran it by my mom, and I was like, Mom, if I sent you a list of curse words that we said in an episode, if we did an episode where we just cursed a whole lot, would you give me uh, replacement words? <laughs> 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 that you would be fine with us saying, uh, like as, and then we can overdub them. Well, I would, is, uh, maybe. Is Judy her gonna to, do that for us? I don't think so. No, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't possibly okay. send her a list of curse words <laughs> and ask her to read them. She's probably never heard some of them before. Be exposing her to the rest of the world. Um. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Your your eleven year old kids, my my kids don't understand what this is at all
2: yeah well you should turn it on while you're driving them to school
0: uh yeah well they go to school in our kitchen so <laughs> well they wouldn't get as much i also was wondering if you're uh what's what's the 11 year old's name cosby if you're okay with giving that name that kind of information out cosby yeah if um <laughs> if cosby just heard the the banter at the front end and was like, "Oh yeah, I want to listen to more of that and then <laughs> <Yeah>. he actually <laughs> then got into it deeper, deeper in his, oh
2: good grief <laughs> he's a real um he's a he's a thinker, yeah like he's <laughs> he's the sort that uh the Sunday school teachers come to me and say, "Cosby said some curious things <laughs> in Sunday school this morning I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he grew up in my house yeah that's that's really good
0: um well, we're, uh, let's see. We, is this episode 11? I don't know. Does that seem right? It seems like it's about episode 11. Uh, if that, that sounded, sounded if that sounded really weird whenever I said 11, it's because I went back and overdubbed the correct number once I figured out what it was. <laughs> um, also, my voice today, I've sw- I switched microphones for this week. I don't have the microphone that I typically use. Um, so this is a mic that I use to record, like, singing songs and, and, Thing so I don't know if it's uh if that's going to be noticeably different on this one. Sorry about that, everybody. If I sound too sexy for radio,
2: (laughs) well, you look super hot. Like you have (laughs) the listener can't see you, but Drew's in like I don't know, it's your church, I guess. But it looks like a studio. You got a drum kit behind you. You Yeah, fancy mic. uh, You just look like a rock star. This
0: is perfect selfie selfie space right here (laughs) if we're ever going to post a picture of us doing the podcast this is the day to do it i had to meet somebody up here for something this morning to get some uh somebody that knows how all this sound stuff works and they're helping us get ready for the weekend so i'm just plopped down in the middle of the room for the podcast today um but we've we've been talking about heaven and hell uh for the past little bit what happens when you die what is the future of humanity what's the future of the righteous what's the future of the sinner? Um, and uh, and this, this, this future hope, wider hope, hopefully, that I think Joe and I probably share. We don't know. The bottom line is we don't actually know. But th- this is the hope that we um, have kind of arrived at. Uh, I also had a couple of people like in the past week um, say, now, somewhat jokingly, a couple of friends who are listening to the podcast now who listen to the Heaven episodes. People listening to the podcast now. A couple of friends. Um, That's awesome. They haven't reviewed us yet, by the way uh you texted me earlier this week Shelley. and said you 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 texted me earlier this week and said um we have two reviews and then you you said i think one of them is me is the other one you and i said no because i didn't have the heart to tell you that yeah i think it was uh oh, that's <laughs> so whoever's listening and not reviewing man the only reviews out there right now are joe and drew and I'm about to invent a couple more accounts just to get us a few more. But <laughs> you should put nice a four w- star in there just for so people don't think. No way. <laughs> no way. Can't kill a perfect score. Um, but yeah, I've, a couple of people have sort of asked about this. Like they've listened to the heaven thing and, somewhat jokingly, were a little disappointed. Um, were a little bit like they were hoping for that heaven that's too heavenly uh yeah. as as we talked about they were they were thinking like wait a second so we get out of here but we go somewhere that's kind of holding and then we come back to here um is is how they heard it now i don't know if that's exactly what where where you were landing i mean i think that's essentially what i what i thought we said uh in listening back but do you have anything to say to that? Um, and I tried to explain, like, no, but when we come back, like, we'll be stronger and faster and maybe even be able to fly, as far as I know. Um, like, there will be... <laughs>
2: like, really big biceps, Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's
0: what a glorified body is. A glorified yeah. body is the rock. So we all come back looking like that. Um,
2: well, yeah, I mean, that, like that is the the biblical hope is the renewal of creation uh the return to creation as as it is intended yeah um <clears throat> the garden and that's all of what that kingdom of god language that commonwealth of god language that we talked about um you know it's not only a it's not only like Oh, well, maybe we'll have big minds I don't know what that, but you know, like we're talking about a a world where peace, shalom, and justice reigns like that's the Christian hope, the, yeah, the world that we're all out here trying to create, trying to build for that that God brings that about,
0: yeah, and I think they're you know I, again can't be said enough we don't actually know what happens but there is a um i would want to clarify that whatever good hope we did have in future whatever good hope we did have in like resurrection after this life um being being a good thing and being something to look forward to uh i f- I, I think that is fully well placed um, I think having a good hope in this is a good thing. It's just sort of suggesting that some of the uh, some of the theology that we've had for it, some of the ways that we've talked about it and thought about it, probably isn't biblical. Um, that that doesn't seem to be the narrative. This whole like go somewhere else and spend eternity somewhere else uh, just doesn't have much basis in the scriptures. Uh, that doesn't and mean that you're not us reunited. Bringing with...
2: about. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just does not mean that we're not reunited with the people that we love does not mean that we're not at peace does not mean that we're not in the presence of God does not mean that you can't have a mansion and a yacht and uh, all of those things that you never really wanted in this life and a crown with jewels in it and all that. Like it's just a um we're just trying to arrive at a more biblical picture. If we were to try to take what the scriptures seem to teach heaven actually is, then I think we would arrive at different conclusions than those.
2: Yeah. And you know, most importantly, because I I think this is all imagery, right? This is this is a symbol system for talking about um, the reign of peace and justice, and like when we when we literalize it and think of it as a place that we're going to get away from here, get away from the body, get away from the earth, um, then you end up not bringing it about the whole point is that yeah jesus says the commonwealth of god is here it's with you now and you can build it now um in your body on this earth with your neighbor like with these people that are around you you can bring about peace and justice and the will of god the as on earth as it is in heaven you can do that now yeah um yeah and It keeps us from doing that if we're Focused on something else and that
0: means other. so much to me because to me it, it seems more like eternal life that uh what's the there's a greek phrase for that like i know it's got zoe in it ionis oh yeah uh zoe is something something that i think what Ionion? That, Ionion, I have to look at it. so yeah that communicates to me that that whatever that is whatever eternal life is to me can begin before i die like that's what that's what matters to me so much about this that's what that's why i find this more exciting and more compelling not that i'm already in heaven now not that there's nothing better waiting not that but that actual presence with god actual peace and joy shalom all of these different things that it really can begin now and only get better um in this future humanity future heaven and future earth but um one more thing about hope um before we move on uh i don't know if this will serve as an example as much as it's just a uh you know just a a another little thought experiment about it did you live in beckley when they finally got an olive garden i don't remember See, I grew up in Beckley, West Virginia. I lived there for uh, my first 19 years. And my parents were convinced <laughs> the only thing that separates Beckley, West Virginia from friggin' Manhattan uh, or <laughs> Los Angeles or, or Paris or anywhere on the, on the planet that people would rather be than here is an olive garden. All we need for our soul salvation is breadsticks and endless
2: salad. Well, yeah. I mean, there was eschatological mythology about the olive garden for years. I remember like growing up, this is something that people would talk about from as long as I can remember. Well, we're getting an olive garden soon. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was a
0: real, like it was, it's, it's in every, it was in every prayer request box in every church (laughs) in the area for sure. (laughs) I guarantee you. Um, but uh, and we would drive like an hour and 10 minutes. We would go to that that little place like right outside of Charleston where there yeah. was an olive garden and a red lobster, which red lobster mm-hmm. is still a, a, a highly anticipated thing like the return of Christ. There's also a <laughs> red lobster coming to Beckley, I'm told. Um, but then they got it. Yeah. So right. And, and My, it, came. it It came. It did happen. The prayers were answered. Everybody got what they wanted or so they thought they wanted. My parents hate it. They won't go there to they don't eat. Like the They're so yeah. disappointed in it now. That's all they ever wanted. It's all their hope was ever in. It was heaven for them. And then they got it, and they won't go there anymore. They think wow. the service is terrible. They think there's better Italian food elsewhere, <laughs> which that's, just, that's offensive <laughs> to on. Italy. That is offensive <laughs> to the nation of Italy, and they have been through enough this year. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess I was just saying that to say if we want to make a point out of that, you don't know what you want, people. You don't know what's best for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I think that um, my folks still like Olive Garden. Oh
0: really? They're happy with it. Yeah.
2: It can't. I mean, it's not. I don't know that it delivered. What was pr- it? Was a big build-up? I mean, we well yeah about that for twenty years at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then, Hope I mean, coming. how good could it be? That, that's the thing, is, like, how how good could a restaurant actually be? How much of a difference could it make for a town? Um, yeah, I don't know. You'd have
2: to get, like, the butter sauce that they wipe on those breadsticks and just, like, have a fountain <laughs> of it, I think. To, <laughs> to Did to they really not open that way?
0: The... I assume Chick-fil-A does the, like, camp out, and you get chicken sandwiches for a year. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume that Olive Garden had some sort of garlic butter bath thing (laughs) well all the talk about heaven and hell all the talk about what happens to the righteous when they die what happens to the sinner when they die what happens um, to the indifferent when they die the apathetic the atheist all all of these things that we've kind of addressed and we've said like well here's here's what we think happens if if you're in God's favor or if you're not here's what happens if you're righteous if you're not here's what here's what we think the scriptures say happens um, what we have not done, <laughs> at least i don 't think we 've done, is really talk about how those things are measured, who is righteous and who is not, who is a sinner and who is good and who wh- how are we yeah. what is the measure what what 's god 's rubric um for all of these things uh we're we 're pretty sure there 's kind of a consistent thread throughout the entire Bible of a couple of things like circumcision right you gotta heaven is for the circumcised and hell's for the uncircumcised so i'm sure we'll get to talk about that some uh, but that's about the only consistent <laughs> thing from old testament to new and even that's debated in the new uh, how do we so, how are we going to determine this what who's good who's not who's in who's out
2: yeah how did they how how was that because you grew up in kind of a is an evangelical tradition like mine, but also Pentecostal. Yes, very much a uh, holiness
0: um, circle.
2: How did how did you guys? Did you have to speak in tongues to be sort of considered?
0: Well, that was kind of um, phasing out by the time I was. Now there are plenty of people who believed that in my church um, continue to believe that in the it was the Church of God was the actual denomination. just kind of a a branch off of the Assemblies of God. Believe pretty much all the same stuff, but just a smaller um and wider version of it uh <laughs> basically like that's just kind of the reality of it um they did there were a lot of people who believed that speaking in tongues was one of the like marks that you were actually saved uh but that was kind of phasing out um they they were getting to the point there were just too many people who never did it i think I, I don't know that it was that that was the thing that always frustrated me a little bit about my denomination, which I get. That's what denominations are. They're just sort of constructs that are bound to fail and bound to have some, some real contradictions. But sure. they sort of made decisions about doctrine, it appeared to me, based on uh, what made the most people happy. It was more of a democracy than a scripturally-based uh, doctrine. And so when there were enough people saying, but we don't speak in tongues, we have not received that gift, we don't know how— um, are we not saved that eventually kind of, it seemed to sort of shift in the direction of like, well, maybe that's not it.
2: Well, what's fascinating to me about that is like, it's not that they, they shifted with kind of the will of the people. Cause that's like, of course, natural. that's yeah. what every, you know, every religion does all the time. What's fascinating to me is that people actually said, ah, we can't do this. Like, People didn't lie about. (laughs) It's so you know. There's a lot of research from like economists and stuff on how easy or how hard it is not to cheat when it's easy to cheat and the stakes for cheating are really high. Something like exception acceptance into the social cohesion. Yeah. Um. It's crazy that that people didn't. I mean, I'm sure lots of people do fake it, right? I've, in various contexts, I would ha- fake I would not just to speaking to tongues, but fake all kinds yeah. of things. Yeah, I would have to um, think
0: that, that there was a lot of of that going on. I mean, I would just about. I have a couple of stories about that. If <laughs> if we want to go down that path, they're they're my best stories, though.
2: <laughs> well, I want to hear them. <laughs> um,
0: well, one. I'll, let me let me speak to that first. The like, well, couldn't people just lie about it? I remember one guy in particular, and I loved this guy. He was super great. He, he's still really funny to me, um, but at like youth camp and things they would have at, at these very charismatic youth camps. We would have services that were devoted to getting every kid to speak in tongues. Like every teenage kid was supposed to speak in tongues. And then there was this one pastor and he was like in his mid fifties or so. And the kids that go to his church who were part of his youth group would come up to him afterwards. And they're like, "I, I, I spoke in tongues tonight. It really happened for the first time ever. And he would look at them completely deadpan and be like, Oh, did you? prove it, do it again.
1: <laughs> I thought and those kids,
0: their faces would just drop completely. Like he broke their heart. Uh, but it was hilarious to me uh, <laughs> that he would, <laughs> that he would put them on the spot for that. And they're like, well, wow. I can't. All right, we'll lower the lights and give me some music. <laughs> like, I got to get back into, into the zone. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that was pretty great. Uh, but on the on the notion of so that's how like how do you phase people out for faking? It was did like, you, do you do you speak in tongues? Did you? have I you? I did as a kid, and I and to this day, I feel like it was. I, I would have to say that I feel like that is a true spiritual gift that I believe is possible. Um, I do feel like it was a a transcendent kind of. I don't know. I'm kind of a hippie about that stuff, so I really do believe that there was some kind of um, connection to God thing that was that was happening there. Uh, that being said, eventually, it f- it became something that didn't matter to me as much as that tradition made it out to. I mean, yeah. even even reading the scriptures themselves about this, like even reading Paul say, like it's the least desirable of the gifts um, and and I was part of a denomination that was like this is the most important thing and a mark of your salvation in a lot of ways and then to read where it's actually brought up in the scriptures to say um, to say that I mean for one thing he says I wish that all of you could speak in tongues but obviously you can't uh, and then another thing where he says he lists all of these other uh, like prophecy and healing and all of these other things just like if you did all that stuff you'd benefit everybody or just speak a few words of wisdom like i'd rather you come in the room and actually just say some wise things that could help everybody way more than you come in and speak in an unknown language that's just you and god communing whenever we're gathered together like this so um yeah it's something i definitely i believed in and believed was really important for a while and now i would say i certainly believe in um but I just, I question the importance of it for every single believer. I think I would side sure. with the apostle Paul and say like, I'm not even sure that everybody is going to be given that gift. And if they were, how useful would that really be?
2: Um, well, I mean, glossolalia is like a well-documented religious phenomenon. Right. So say that word again, obviously what was the gl- glossolalia? That's just a fancy term for speaking okay. in tongues. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: it sounded like you like, were speaking in tongues for a moment. <laughs> I thought you finally got it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's taken me 34 years. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so like, there's, there's obviously, like, this is not, it's not just a, like, Appalachian Pentecostal thing. Like, this is, it's, it happens in all religious traditions all over the world. Um, I don't know anything about it. Right. Well, and. I,
0: I will take it just a step further um, in the question that you initially asked, like, was this a mark for salvation for us? We, as I understood it, now this is another one of those things where I'll say this is what I caught, maybe not what I was taught, um, but I'm pretty sure this is, this is the actual way that we approached it, was that salvation was one step and then being filled with the Holy Spirit was a second step that's where the process of sanctification began and the process of like actually changing and altering you into a fully evolved fully usable uh being in the kingdom of God and so we did believe and i i would say i mean it's been a little while since i've asked about this particular thing um i, I have family that's in that's still in this tradition and and have a lot of respect for them and their bible believing people and they really you know they follow Jesus and do good things with their life. Um, I haven't had this conversation with them for a while. But as I understood it, that was the next step kind of thing. It was a, you're, you can be saved and not speak in tongues, but you can't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you unless you have spoken. it. They believed that it was the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. And that for me became an even, an even harder rub As I got a little bit of older because I began to discover how many of the Bible teachers and and pastors and people that I really respected in other traditions Who never spoke in tongues or maybe even taught that? um, That that wasn't useful or wasn't really for us and to have my entire tradition say well those people Don't have the Holy Spirit like we do seemed like a really exclusive and um, an odd position for us to be uh, standing on. So I don't know if that's, it just seemed like it needed a follow-up answer to like, you know, maybe that's not how they think of it as being saved, but we certainly thought that like you could be saved, but not fully in. Um,
2: Okay. So I'm interested because you keep using this, this term to be saved, which I think I know what you mean by, because we also use that word in my tradition. Um, but it sounds like that's that, that process to, to be saved, to get saved is how you're on the inside. Right. As it were. And if you're on the outside, you're not saved. what do you mean by that? What is that about?
0: Well, I'm, I'm trying to get back into the way I used to think. All right. I not, this is not necessarily, that's not even terminology that I'm sure I use very much in yeah, sure. life today. Um, I'm pretty sure I thought it was about a prayer. I'm pretty sure that hopping the fence and coming on the right side was about basically how you would answer the question of who Jesus is. Like if you okay, if you say, I believe Jesus is the Son of God and he died for my sins, then that is the saved category. That is okay. the, like, you're in. Um, and then speaking in tongues or some other thing would be a secondary it's almost like there's a faith and then there's a some kind of spiritual activity um yeah that follows that's,
2: so i'm trying to get this worked out about my so i grew up southern baptist and um at least in my church like we talked about getting saved too and there was like this um it's weird you said something about a prayer and we had it was real real specified right you had a moment where you got saved yep um, and that was, it was done by praying a prayer called that we called the sinner's prayer. Um, now it's not like a liturgical; it's not like a prayer that has specific words to it. But it's just the prayer that you pray that says, "I want to be on the inside. Like I want to, I I believe this stuff.
0: Yep. Right. And you you should know. Or I don't want to go to hell.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A bit of the sales um, pitch. So, like, you should know, you should, like, people said this all the time. You should be able to, like, write it down the day. When was the day that you got saved? Yeah. So that, like, you know, if if the devil tempts you to believe that you weren't saved, like, you can say August 15th, 1989 (laughs) or whatever. Um,
0: You were three. That's not your date. You're making that up. You don't remember. You didn't write it down, did you? Well,
2: that's the problem. So here's the thing. Okay. It's also, because you said it's also about believing, right? Bel- and, like, if you said, you know, if, if you say to your kids every, every day at dinner, like, eat your vegetables because it'll make you strong. Uh, eat your vegetables, it's going to make you strong. Eat your peas, that'll make you strong. You say this every day, and, like, you have whole liturgies around it in your house. And then you ask them, like, now, do you believe vegetables will make you strong? Well, yeah, of course. Like, that's just, like, the water that they've swum in their whole lives. Of course they believe it. When did you come to believe that? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, (laughs) I didn't have a date when I came to believe in Jesus. Like, I knew, like, I I believed in Jesus from before I could talk, because that's just what people talk to me about. So that was your I'm sorry. (laughs) So, like... Yeah, but you had you do have to have a date. Like you have to have a you there's there's this conversion experience that you're supposed to have. They right. didn't call it conversion experience. They called it getting saved. But like that that was about a belief and it's like that kind of it's it's weird because that kind of talk works for like adults who were on the outside you know, like, completely outside of a religious tradition or whatever, maybe from a, some other religious tradition, and then came, like, to believe, had a real conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's a weird requirement for, like, kids that grew up in the church, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, That's um, true. And it, I don't know, it caused me a lot of anxiety.
0: Yeah, um, well, so was your tradition the... I'm trying... I can't use any language other than the one other than what exists for me. So if this is confusing and you have a better language for it, please replace it. But um, was your tradition, the once in grace, always in grace, like as long as you had that date, as long as you could point back and say, that's the day I prayed the prayer. That's the day I began to believe. Then you were good. There was nothing that you could do that would necessarily erase that. Is that.
2: Yeah, that's Because that's right. what my
0: tradition said about your tradition. That's what we said you believed.
2: <laughs> but you guys did not believe that?
0: No, no, no. We were, we were backsliders. Okay. Yeah we, yeah, we believed heavily that you could decide to get saved and then go get drunk and you'd have to get saved again the next.
2: Oh, see, we talked around. about backsliding too, but what we meant was you got saved, you prayed the prayer, and then you went and got drunk and that meant like you were still going to go to heaven but God was going to give you like the angry eyebrows when you got there. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever. Like you Yeah, we did not but, believe that. We
0: actually believed that you <coughs> fell out of God's grace. We yeah. or again, what I believed, what I taught. What what kept me up at night was the idea that um you know, if
2: I Well I think I had the same same kind of issues though, like what really the thing that i mean talking about my very first crisis of faith, like real real fear as a as a little kid eight nine years old um because what it, if you went and got drunk or did you know if you were backsliding or whatever what it could mean. I like that we're
0: using that example because clearly yeah. we
2: definitely never did that. <laughs> <laughs> did you?
0: Was no, a no, 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 no I, I was never,
2: I was a good kid, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's use that. Um, let's not yeah. talk about internet search history or any of the things <laughs> that might have actually been <laughs> the, the true yeah. source of our backsliding. Let's talk about other people's right. problems. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to get drunk if I wanted to when I was 17. I wouldn't even know do you, who to do you call. You wouldn't know how. Oh, how to like, get how, how to you access get access? Yeah, how do people even get yeah. that
2: stuff? I had some friends.
0: How do you get? How do you get to go to a party like that without your parents like dropping you off or <laughs> or calling <laughs> right. their parents first? It was like I'm I'm 17 years old in the 12th grade and Mom's like, okay, well I'm gonna call her mom just to make. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going. Never mind. <laughs> she just canceled.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm um.
2: going to Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> and then she calls my mom to find out what movies yeah. are playing. <laughs> oh man, sorry, I interrupted something that you were getting. No, into there. it's fine. Oh yeah, because I had I was having a your first crisis. crisis. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so, like, it's just my mother. It's just my mother instinct to swoop in. When I saw you take <laughs> off your glasses. I saw you reliving your first crisis of faith. I'm like, up. I got to make him smile. I got to do something <laughs> to bring some joy to my, my friend. He's been there for me during so many of my crises. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man. Um, so, like, you could, be, you could be backsliding, right? You could just be the way we, we were using it. Like, you really did get saved, but you're just now, like, living like a. Like a hellion. Yep. Or what it more likely means is that on that date that you wrote down, like on the date that you got saved, that you prayed the sinner's prayer or whatever, um, you didn't really mean it. Yeah. Like you didn't really have faith. Uh, You didn't really believe. And so like how do you distinguish between whether you believe something or whether you really believe something? Yeah. That's a slippery (laughs) thing. So uh, when I was – I don't know how old – but I, I would guess, like, eight or nine, there was a girl who who went to our church. Her parents were really good friends with my parents, and she, had, she was about 10 years older than me or so, and she had, like, been my babysitter sometimes. Um, so, like, we were close, kind of in that way. And she grew up, you know, in the same tradition. She had gotten saved when she was a little kid and went to church and did all the church activities and, you know, went on the mission trips and did the whole thing. And then she realized when she was, a like, in her late teens that, oh, I wasn't really saved. I hadn't really me- meant it. Hmm. And that scared the shit out of me. Because, yeah. like, what that meant was for those intervening years, if she had died, like, she was going to go to hell and be tortured for her whole, you know, right. for all of eternity consciously. And that meant that, well, did I mean it? Like, right. did I really mean it?
0: Am I going to discover did I in I really, ten years? Really mean <laughs> it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Am I yeah. going to realize, like, wake up one day and realize that I, I didn't believe? How do you know if you, like, how hard you believe something? Yeah. How do you measure that?
0: Unfortunately, you never got to a point in your life where you looked back and said, "I don't even know if I believed what I believed when I was a kid." <laughs> fortunately you never questioned any of that stuff and you yeah. always stayed in um yeah that's that that's so true i i think i think i shifted to that in my 20s i shifted more to the like well maybe maybe it's more about whether i really do mean it but i i definitely believed like nope every time you sin you pray for salvation again yeah i definitely believe i remember praying all day like all the time um no matter what it was i'd say a curse word and secretly pray under my breath for forgiveness for it i like this was a legitimate ongoing process and i'm also not talking about seven-year-old me I'm, i'm talking teens uh like yeah like really thinking like like a a thinking person, like a truly sentient being like asking for forgiveness because I, uh, said a bad word or saw a bad thing or, um, yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah. That's dude. That's so tricky for, well, I don't know. I mean, it might've played out differently for you in that way, but like for me when it, because, because you had this like pressure to know that you, not only prayed this prayer, but you really meant it, that you not only believed, but you really, really believed, like salvation kind of believed, uh, what ends up happening is that you not only have to have faith, like you not only have to believe in God and believe in Jesus, and all, but you have to believe that you believe, yeah. right? So you end up putting faith in your faith as much as you have faith in that's you know, a whatever good, it is. That's a good
0: phrase in. for it, yeah, faith in your faith, um, which oh gosh that's what that's what has me right now that's what that's what has me you know in the universalist conversation or whatever is okay is realizing that all of that was just training to put faith in your faith and never even considering like what if your faith is in the wrong thing what if your salvation in Jesus, and I'm air quoting Jesus for the listener, what if your your faith in Jesus is actually a faith in some concept and concept and construct that is nothing like Jesus? What if your sort of American evangelicalism that that you have put your faith in, your whatever your concept of this has nothing to do with Jesus of Nazareth and and whatever the teachings are there and whatever that that's where that's where I am today. That's what takes me into the universalist conversation is is like, man, there's got to be even some grace for people who earnestly and honestly believe what they are supposed to believe or what they're told they're supposed to believe if they want to be saved and then not even realizing that it's just not even the right thing. That you don't even yeah. have you don't even have a real concept of who God is. Um is there a, is there a word for that? Is there a <laughs> Does that ring does that ring for you at all? Am I making yeah, sense? I can't sure. tell if I'm uh if what I'm say if what I'm thinking in my head right now is coming out.
1: Um
2: like the the problem is it, it's so internally focused on like how how hard are you believing that we're we're not asking, well like what is it that you're believing in?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So when Um, so when someone asks me, like, well, do you, do you even think I'm a Christian? If we're talking about some various things and, and as somebody who would call themselves a Christian has been a part of the church for their entire lives. Um, but I also know for a fact that they couldn't tell me one thing Jesus actually taught. They don't really think that, um, that the way of Jesus is as important as labeling yourself Christian. Um, They believe the the purpose of Jesus's life was to appease God, like we talked about in previous episodes, was to fix that. And as long as that you believe that Jesus did that, then you're a Christian. When someone asks that question, they're like, well, do you think I'm a Christian? And then I'm put in this position of like, well, what do you even mean? if you don't (laughs) like to be a Christian, as far as I know is to follow the teachings of Christ. Do you know any of them? (laughs) Do you, do you make decisions in your life based on what you think the way of Jesus would, would teach you to do? Um, I have no interest in like judging who's in and who's out. It's not, it's not really, that's not really the point. It was just kind of me thinking through it. Like, how do I answer this question when somebody says, well, do you think I'm a Christian? And I'm like, well, you call yourself a Christian, but I don't... Only you can tell me if you actually know anything about Jesus Christ. Like, the first half of that name, Christian, um, comes from that stuff. I don't know. I might be on a rabbit trail about something that isn't exactly the direction we meant to go today.
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't know where we meant to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, okay. So I think that we ought to, like... Come back to, because we're we're ta- kind of talking about like, how did you get in into the inner circle? Yep. Um, into into whatever you know, it depends on how we want to define it. Whether it's like in the church, in the faith, in, are you a Christian? Whatever. Um, but we've we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about the God's plan for the world. You know, beginning with the call of Abraham and going through, like, through the people of Israel um, and culminating in the work of Christ and in the, like, us carrying that forward today is the forgiveness of all sins and the salvation of all people and the reconciliation of all things and the renewal of creation, right? Like, the everything is included in. In God's plan of salvation. So like when we talk about this in and out which the New Testament does talk about a lot. The New Testament's term for this is or like phrase for this is justification by faith alone. Right? So we have to it, and it does um, it, is, it is marking some boundaries when it talks okay. about justification by faith alone. So we need to talk about what that is. But the boundaries are not about what is God's plan for redemption and reconciliation and salvation? Because that is about the forgiveness of all, th- all sins, salvation of all people, reconciliation of all things and the renewal of creation. Like, so the boundaries have to be about something else.
0: And we need to talk about what the boundaries are. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you have for that? I have a few, um, Notes down, but they're probably more of like they're more questions that I want to see if what you bring up raises them. Um, the thing I the thing I hope that we do address, and the thing that I hope we do um, get into in this is is exactly what you just said. I think like how how are we actually defining who is justified, um, yeah. or how does the Bible actually? It doesn't matter how I do it. How does the Bible actually define who is justified, and also Um, and this is the tangent I was just on that may or may not be edited out. (laughs) Um, is there a difference between being in the church community and being in the kingdom of God? Like, is there a, because those two things, I mean, it seems like pretty much everything we've talked about so far has been like, well, here's how my tradition decided who was a part of my tradition. Um, But we're saying, how about we level up from that and not make this a conversation about faith in your faith or faith that you picked the right tradition or faith that you're, you know, that that you're in with your church and more a conversation of like, well, how does the Bible actually define this stuff? How does it actually play out in the scriptures? What is their understanding of who is part of the way um, and who is not? And that, my dear friends, is exactly the conversation that we are going to have in our next episode. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. if you have questions or would like to actually talk, hear us talk about your own crisis of faith, maybe there's some things that we could address for you, please go to crisisoffaithpodcast.com. You can email us there or you can actually submit audio of yourself telling a little bit of your story or asking us a question. Uh, we love getting to do that. Also, please follow us on Instagram at faith. We try our best to put out content there every day. A lot of it's just funny and silly, but hey, at least we're together. Um, Share this episode with a friend, subscribe, give us a review, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you next week.
1: Preacher, can you tell me about what happens when we die? How do you think that I'd know when I've been alive the whole damn time? No one here can see so clear that they know they know the way. And no one knows any secrets of what's just beyond the grave.